You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. This is going to be a fun episode because we just had our first elimination of the season and I have a lot of thoughts. Yes, I feel like (laughs) this will be... An episode where we're really just putting it all out there because I know you have a lot of feels, Prente. I think so. We should probably just blast through all the less controversial builds and then we can spend a bit more time on the more controversial (laughs) builds. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's start with our episode winners, David and Gus. They built the fox in first snow and this was something that we had seen quite a bit in the trailer and we were wondering kind of where this would fit in. So I was really excited to see it so early on in the season. This was beautiful. This was such a beautiful build. I also just want to say called it. In our last episode, I predicted that it was going to be them because we saw a bit of it in the preview. (laughs) And I said, I reckon it's David and Gus. It's probably the only thing I'll be right about all season, but I'm going to take it. They definitely are early picks for us. I think this build in particular really kind of put them on this whole new level. Like I was really, really impressed by them. And it was probably the most of a build of theirs that we've seen so far as well. Mm -hmm. Their builds previously, because they haven't won before, they haven't showed us the builds in a ton of detail. We've just kind of seen them and been like, oh, looks very good. Something I thought was interesting was how they were kind of talking about the fact that they're now building together and they're kind of building more cohesively than they have previously. And it kind of made me think that maybe they've been paired up for the show and this is kind of the first time they're actually building together. Um, And I think that they're now really strong contenders because they were able to work on essentially half the fox each and then put it together. And I feel like that's a really hard thing to do. And this is something that Lego Masters does kind of sneakily like to do where they'll make a pair from scratch and they'll kind of not talk about it very much. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we are getting Henry and Cade vibes a little bit from these guys who won the season one winners. Yeah. That was what happened with them as well, where we saw a similar evolution. They met each other just before the show. They were paired together and then ended up winning. Let's go to our runners-up, Michael and Harrison, who did the Aussie Christmas snow globe. Look, I would have been just as happy if this won. This was really fun and I really loved this idea from them. I like Michael and Harrison a lot. Um, I did not really care for this build. Really? But I think, interestingly, there's a certain style of build that doesn't really appeal to me personally. Mm -hmm. And I think this was an example of that style of build where it's like very character based and kind of like a bit of a, like just as a quick story time, as a kid, I remember looking through like the Harry Potter Lego and the ones I thought were cool was where it was like, here's Hogwarts. Right. The ones I didn't like was where it was like, it's the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. And it was kind of like a hodgepodge of like, here's a table and here's some chairs and here's like a wall. And it was kind of like a looser scene. This probably a fancy Lego term for what I'm referring to, but it's just something I've never really been into, I guess. I've always liked a more singular kind of build. Okay. Not a criticism of the build or the technical ability or the aesthetics of it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give them 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm their biggest fan. Michael and Harrison, come and talk to me. We don't need Parente. <laughs> um, I will say I loved all the little stories and little details that they added into this. They sort of had the esky with the beers in it. They had like a crab stealing the beer from the bar. Like I just thought it was a really nice story. I thought they did a good job. And I feel like a proud mom. I feel like I'm proud of them. And I've loved their builds and their ideas as well the last few episodes. So (laughs) what I'm saying is it's not them, it's me, you know? Let's jump to Amy and Darwe who had the ship stuck in ice. 
I'm saying it now. Darway like stresses me out. I get a bit of anxiety watching him. I get like season one kale vibes when I'm watching him build. Season one kale vibes? Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. You know, Kale would always try and build something like massive with five minutes to go. And you're like, oh my God, this is never going to be finished. Like, how is he doing this? And he's like running to the brick pit. And you're like, oh my God, just just get it done. I have that same feeling with Darway. Uh, okay, I see what you mean. I do think Darway's a lot better about it though. In that like at the end, he was like, yeah, I'll take off my sign. Even yes. he admitted that it wasn't a very good sign and he sort of got in his head about it. I really thought that Amy and Darway sort of came into their own this week as well. It was, I think, the most impressive build from them. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time where I was like, yeah, they could have it potentially. Yeah, I agree. And I had this down as my third favourite build overall, oh. which was a competitive third, but I had it as my third favourite. I thought it was a really, really cool build. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think they are becoming quite a strong team, which is really nice to see. Um, obviously, a couple of things that they're still working on, like, you know, how Brickman was saying that they built the whole bottom of the ship instead of just kind of building it on the base plate. Um, but obviously everyone's kind of learning as they go along. I just loved how theirs looked when the snow finally covered it. It elevated the whole build. So I was very impressed with them. I just do want to point out mm-hmm. Brookman was being a bit of a troll because <laughs> one of his critiques at the end was like, it really could have used a plaque. Yeah. Could it have Brickman? Very interesting. <laughs> like he, he absolutely knew what he was doing when he said yeah. that. I literally wrote down, Brickman wanted a plaque, but I don't know what for. Like, I, I didn't understand what the plaque would have done to make the whole build suddenly better. I agree with you. And I think that he was just saying it because he knows that Darwin yeah. was kind of trying to make one. And he was just, yeah, he was just trolling. Brickman knows what's up. Oh, up to shenanigans. We'll go to Sarah and Fleur, who did like the kind of ice skater on top of a music box vibe. This was really lovely from them. Yeah. The main note that I wrote down for this was I wrote good motion. (laughs) And what I mean by that is, this is weird, but the speed that the ballerina was rotating at, I thought was a really good speed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. (laughs) No, that's so specific. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, any faster would be too fast and any slower would be too slow. They really nailed the speed of rotation. Yeah, and that was Fleur's first kind of motion build, like using mechanics, so... She's really nailed that. My only critique was that I noticed on the back foot of the ballerina that the skate was the wrong way, but I did do a bit of snooping on Instagram and I saw that they confirmed that that was an accident that they noticed afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice it at all. So there's my eye for detail. <laughs> but I saw them saying on Instagram that they talked about it heaps, mm. but none of it ended up being shown in the TV show. So obviously that was like maybe a big little subplot that at one point could have been included on the show, which is pretty funny. But I didn't notice it. So all good. I give them the pass. Let's jump to Jess and Anthony, who did like Santa's workshop on the night before Christmas. This was really lovely from them as well. Obviously, Anthony is saying he's a huge Christmas fan. So this was like, like they, they didn't even discuss what they were going to build. This was a no-brainer for them. Um, but I thought it looked really good. Yeah, I liked it. That just straight up went snow. No worries. We're doing Santa's workshop. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. I like the, the simplicity of that. There was one point where Brickman comes up and he goes, I feel like I'm coming at a bad time. And then he's just kind of like, oh, well, and keeps sort of like hanging out with him. Yeah. Brickman, what are you doing? Trying to stir the pot? Let's get into our two controversial builds. We'll start with Gabby and Brian, who were in the bottom two with Jeff and Atlanta. And they did this like Ned Kelly. They were going for like tacky snow globe vibes. Tell me your thoughts, Brento. I think that Ryan and Gabby are cool. 
and I have liked their builds in the first two episodes. And I want to make that very clear <laughs> because I'm so sorry, guys. I just was not a fan of this build at all. What I what I will say in its defense was that I didn't think the scale issue was a problem. Like mm-hmm. Hamish was kind of jokingly defending it by saying, oh, but it's not meant to be to scale. Like it's kind of like an assortment of elements. I totally agree with that. Unironically, I think that's a, a great defense to have like Ned Kelly as the main feature and then kind of like an assortment of things around it. I really liked that composition. I thought that was cool. But just in general, partially kind of playing into what I said about Michael and Harrison, where there's that sort of style of build that I don't particularly find myself being into, (laughs) but also in general, things like Tacky Australiana, Ned Kelly, all that sort of stuff is just absolutely not my vibe. And so they really couldn't have built something that I was less impressed by. I see. I see. I had quite a few thoughts about this. I was a bit on the fence about the scale. Like I at first was very like agreeing with Brickman. I was like, "It's, it's a bit weird like I don't get it they should have just made Ned Kelly smaller but then I I also see your side of it and I'm like it does also make sense the way that they did it I thought they did a good job kind of flipping it around at the end to try and please Brickman and and get him on side you know they put up like a sign and they sort of added a made in China sign to the back of the house and they sort of tried to make it a bit more jokey I just think if they had put him in like a bushland, I think the whole build would have been received better. So it sort of gave it more of a surrounding landscape. Yeah, I think maybe they tried to do too much. I loved the house and the koala. Like I almost wish that they like saved them for another build because I'm like, that was <laughs> so Australiana. Like I loved that. But I was like, I just feel like it doesn't... It, it was like two builds that they sort of put together and I, I was a bit like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, okay. Um, and as I said, I, I don't really want to express my opinions on this too confidently because I'm recognising that, as I said, like I'm not the most objective judge for this style of build and so <laughs> I, I, I can't really disagree with much of what you're saying. I will say that I, I thought Ned Kelly looked really good. I was very impressed with his face and his expression and, and the beard coming out. He was very cute. I think that's why... I, spoiler alert, kind of rated them higher than Jeff and Atlanta because I think their technical ability was shown more here than Jeff and Atlanta. Well, I might use that as a segue then to get to our discussion of Jeff and Atlanta because not a word of a lie, in my notes as I was watching the episode, I had written second favourite build. (laughs) Oh, wow. So my ranking had kind of been David and Gus, then Atlanta and Jeff, and then the Amy and Darwin ship third. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of it. I also, at the very beginning when they were stumped, at one point they were like, oh, maybe we could do a ski lodge. First of all, yes, Yes. do the ski lodge. That was a great idea. Yes, I was waiting for the ski. (laughs) That would have been amazing. But I thought Stonehenge was such a good idea. Like Atlanta said at one point that she was kind of a snow globe fan. So I absolutely trust her intuition. I can totally see how you'd have like a tourist area somewhere near Stonehenge that would sell these snow globes. I kind of liked that. Mm -hmm. I also thought the scale of it was so cool because they had these big impressive Stonehenge things. I forget the name they told us (laughs) what they were. And these little minifigs. And I love the way that the snow covered the minifigs up. It it meant there was like a different story Mm -hmm. happening over time. I also like the idea of like a natural wonder as a Lego build, which they touched on briefly in the episode, but we've never seen anything like that. No one's ever built the pyramids or the Sphinx. So Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of it that I liked. And I was, no part of me was thinking they were even down the bottom. My Mm -hmm. my honest thoughts in the bottom two were Night Before Christmas and the Ned Kelly one, not because they were terrible, but just like if I had to rank them. I um, (laughs) I don't know where to start with this. (laughs) Rickman was going on about the scale 
And I disagreed with that. I think, look, I've never been to Stonehenge, so I can't confirm. Don't quote me on this. But I thought the scale was fine. I was like, they seem pretty big in real life. So I didn't have a problem with them being really big and then the minifigs being at that scale and then the rock being at that scale. Like all of that to me was fine. I thought maybe they did one too many. Like it, it could have looked different in person, but on TV I was a bit like struggling to see what was happening until they did the real close-ups. Um, and that could have been a color thing as well. Like all, all of them are sort of the similar similar color as they are in real life and it was just a little bit hard to see for me. I just think that their biggest downfall was the fact that most of their story became covered when the snow came in. But my issue with that is, did they know before the episode that that's how the snow would fall? Because in the first, um, when they first showed us Amy and Darway's build, the first time we see the snow going to the snow globe, I was even surprised that the snow kind of had fell and made a layer on the bottom. I don't know why. I was just sort of expecting it to go around and around and around. Yeah, I really agree. There was so much snow yeah. for all the builds. There was like two inches of snow. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. And I'm curious to know if they knew it was going to fall like that beforehand because I think if they did, they maybe would have built it differently. They would have maybe elevated those minifigs a bit. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point as well. I think I agree with Brickman's decision. I don't like it. I don't like that they went home because I feel like they're one of the teams with the most potential. Like, you know, I've been banging on about how amazing their ideas are. And I I almost think if, if they'd done the ski lodge or done a different idea that they would maybe still be here. I also feel that Brickman should consider their history of builds when talking about eliminations and making that decision. Mm. Because I feel like in the first two weeks, Atlanta and Jeff had been one of the strongest teams mm-hmm. two weeks in a row. And... Even if he didn't like this build, which he obviously didn't, I still think that he should look back on that as like a yada, 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 they have potential. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that I saw on Instagram a comment which said that they'd been to Stonehenge and they said the scale was perfect. I did see that comment as well. (laughs) The the rest of the comment is a bit more negative, so I won't read it out, but uh, I'll stand by that one thing. So those are all my thoughts. That's all I'm going to say on the matter because, you know, what's done is done and that's okay. Mm. I also do kind of feel like every time I have a favorite team, they are the first to go. So apologies to Annie and Runa from last year. And now apologies to Atlanta and Jeff from this year. I kind of feel responsible. Yeah. That's a running theme with you. And I think this comes back to something that we said a lot last season, you know, would a second judge be beneficial? I mean, obviously, we love Brickman and he's an absolute expert. But there, there are times like this where I'm like, I wonder if having another expert to bounce off, they would get to different decisions. Yeah, for sure. Even just the idea of maybe Hamish having a vote. Mm. Although if I was in Hamish's position, I would say, please don't give me a vote. I don't want that sort of pressure. <laughs> True. <laughs> so for next week, I could swear I heard an ad saying that the next episode on Sunday was a space episode, which we'd seen previews of with the space shuttle. But this episode seemed to say it was an animal mashup episode, which is very cool. I'm just a little confused as to what's going on and when. Yeah, they kind of highlighted two different things happening. They had the the challenge of blending two animals together and they also had the Mission to Mars kind of teaser, which is an elimination. So they almost made it seem like it was going to be two in one episode this next episode. Maybe because it's a Sunday night, they'll do a 90-minute episode and have two builds. But surely they wouldn't do two eliminations in a row. Maybe it's an advantage from the animal mashup and then space as the elimination or other way around or something. Mm. Or maybe we just misunderstood something at some point. That's also possible. I think we're just going to have to wait and see. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, uh, the first elimination chat. They're always a little bit sad. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'll have an episode wrapping up every episode of the TV show, and we'll also have a bunch of extra episodes with interviews and all that sort of thing. Make sure you're following us on our socials at Lego Masters underscore Deconstructed for Instagram and at LMD the Pod for Twitter. Also feel free to DM us with any thoughts and feelings about the episode and feel free to talk to us during the episode and we could definitely have a bit of a discussion and maybe bring your thoughts onto the pod as well. Yeah, we'd love to have like a, uh, a mailbox kind of segment at the end of the show where we can discuss what you guys have been thinking. But we're not a very famous podcast, so it's kind of <laughs> difficult to do that so far. But maybe one day. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.